Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today is Saturday, July 11th, 2020. On this day in 472, enemies of Emperor Anthemius, ruler of the Western Roman Empire, captured and beheaded him in old St. Peter's Basilica. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today, we're covering the assassination of Western Roman Emperor Anthemius at the hands of Gundobad, the future king of the Burgundians. Let's travel back in time to July 11th, 472. The footsteps of enemy soldiers echoed off the corners of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Anthemius heard them coming, but saw no point in running. He just listened and waited. As he did, the afternoon sun glistened off the building. At the time, Giotto di Bondone had yet to create the basilica's largest mosaic, the Navicella, which would one day hang above the courtyard and depict a scene from the Gospel of Matthew 14, verses 23 to 32. In it, a storm would threaten to capsize a large ship carrying 11 of Christ's 12 apostles. Ocean waves appearing to swallow the one among them not on board, St. Peter. Next to him, Jesus Christ would walk on water, extending a helping hand to those in peril. A beacon of hope, he'd call out, Take heart, it is I, have no fear. Many centuries prior to the Navicella's creation, Anthemius stood in its future home in the midst of a storm without any sign of hope. He'd covered himself in dirt and wrapped himself in rags so that maybe the army of men that wanted him dead might mistake him for a beggar and have mercy. As he descended further into hiding, into the tomb of St. Peter, he reflected on how far he'd fallen. Anthemius had been born in Constantinople, the capital of the Eastern Roman Empire, to a family of aristocrats. He leveraged his political and military connections to become the top military commander, or Magister Militum, to the Eastern Roman Emperor Leo I. Then in 465, the Western Emperor, Libius Severus, died without naming a successor, his throne had sat empty for 18 months while military leader Flavius Ricimer unofficially ruled. Emperor Leo appointed Anthemius to take Severus's place in spring of 467. Flavius Ricimer, however, had been less than thrilled with the decision. He'd served as the Magister Militum to Severus, and had used the former emperor as a puppet for his own ambition. In the year and a half without a leader, Rikimer's power had essentially gone unchecked. Anthemius's entrance into the Western Empire had threatened everything that Rikimer had built. 
Eventually, Rikimer had acknowledged Anthemius's authority, but only after ensuring a marriage to Anthemius's daughter, Olypia. Over the next few years, the relationship between Anthemius and his reluctant Magister Militum proved tumultuous. Rikimer had participated in a number of plots against the new emperor, including one which supported the rebellion of Italian Senator Romanus. But in 470, Anthemius had executed Romanus after he made an attempt to steal his throne. He also executed a number of other men he'd believed to have cast magic spells on his health in their attempt to usurp power. Romanus's murder may have been the final straw. A war broke out, and a line was drawn in the sand between those who supported Rikimer and those who supported Anthemius. The existing tensions between the east and west of the empire only made this conflict worse. For months, Rikimer had blockaded and laid siege to Rome while using Milan as his military base. He'd cut off ports on the Tiber River in an effort to starve Anthemius and his aristocratic following. And it worked. They wanted to replace Anthemius. Rikimer had presented an alternate candidate for the throne, Olibrius, an Italian nobleman who had the support of the Catholic Church. And as the July sun set on Rome, Rikimer's nephew, Gundobad, led an army of men into St. Peter's Basilica. Inside, they found a terrified Anthemius, dressed as a beggar and deserted by his men. Before night fell, Gundobad's sword removed Anthemius's head. Coming up, the collapse of the Roman Empire. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, back to the story. On July 11th, 472, an army led by Flavius Rikimer and his nephew Gundobad captured and executed the Western Roman Emperor Anthemius after a five-month siege of Rome. Historians debate whether it was Gundobad or Rikimer who performed the execution, but either way, knowing for sure wouldn't change the impact it had on the future of the Western Roman Empire. Anthemius's death was a turning point in the downfall of Rome, but scholars consider it one of many, a series of events beginning in part with Anthemius's rise to power. Eastern Roman Emperor Leo I appointed Anthemius as the Western Emperor to unite the kingdom against the so-called barbarians, the Visigoths, the Vandals, the Burgundians, and so on. Rome had been fighting a war with the barbarians for years, and they continued to in Anthemius's day. But Leo underestimated something, the extent to which those same barbarians had infiltrated politics in the West, most critically in the form of Flavius Rikimer. 
Most likely, Rikimer's induction into the Roman military began at a young age, when his people fell to Roman rule. He was a descendant of two Germanic tribes, the Visigoths and the Suebi. So while he may have risen to the position of Magister Militum and come from royal lines, the blood that ran through his veins prevented him from sitting on the throne himself. From the outside, he appeared to serve Rome. In reality, he worked to dismantle it from the inside out. Second, Eastern Emperor Leo underestimated the growing influence the Catholic Church had on the Western state. While both East and West were said to be Christian, there was more acceptance of differing religious beliefs in the East. The same could not be said in the West. So when Anthemius assumed power, people viewed him as an outsider, a Greek with an interest in philosophy and a tolerance for pagans. His lack of concern for the church's desires created division. Then Rikimer made the tactical decision to select Olibrius as an alternate candidate for the throne. Olibrius was an outspoken and devoutly religious man with allegiances to the papacy, so Rikimer immediately gained the support of the church and its followers. But Rikimer chose Olibrius for another reason as well. The Italian had loose connections through marriage to Geyseric, the Germanic king of the Vandals. Together, Rikimer and the barbarian king planned to use Olibrius as their next political puppet. And it worked. Olibrius became the Western Roman emperor. As much as Leo might have wanted to intervene in Rikimer's siege of Rome, he couldn't. He was fighting his own wars, trying to maintain control of his own half of the empire. Olibrius stole the throne shortly before Anthemius was executed, and Leo had no plans to recognize his authority. And so, the empire fractured. But neither Olibrius nor Rikimer lasted long. About a month after Anthemius's death, Rikimer died of an illness. Later that year, Olibrius passed away, possibly from complications relating to an inflammatory disease known as edema. But they opened the door for the first barbarian king to take control, Flavius Odoacer. The Eastern Roman Empire would continue to operate for another thousand years as the Byzantine Empire. But in 476 AD, four years after Anthemius was killed, Germanic King Odoacer staged an attack on the Western Roman Empire. He overthrew the last Roman emperor, Romulus Augustulus, and gave the Western imperial civilization its final devastating blow. Rome and emperors like Anthemius were no more. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed this episode, check out the ParCast original, Assassinations, which covers the dramatic unseatings of several leaders of the ancient world. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Mike Ramos, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. 
This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Connor Sampson with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 